Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Early Work. It's the podcast in which I ask famous performers and writers to read me the creative writing of their younger years. And today's guest is the perfect candidate for that sort of thing. It's Sarah Pascoe. And what a rich childhood of creativity and doing things that she had, like setting up a bullying line and singing in assemblies or putting on a remix to Oliver Twist with her sister. Not to mention the absolutely absurd parody songs Sarah used to write when she was much older than she should have been. And then onto the work itself. She had a hard drive full of poems with a titles that made Sarah very nervous to read to you, the baying public, with, by the way, some of the most dramatic final lines available in poetry. And then to top it all off, a version of the Fresh Prince theme tune all about Hamlet, dutifully wrapped for us by Sarah to close us out. A great revision tool for anyone who has exams coming up, even though all exams have been cancelled indefinitely. Plus, once or twice in this episode, Sarah's dog Mouse was barking or crying and she would tell him uh, to eat his bone because that would make him feel better. And every time she said something like that, it made me laugh so much when I was listening back to it. I was just laughing so much. Oh, eat your bone, she says. It cracked me up. Um, This is one of the greats, okay? This is one of the great early works. This is truly one of the seminal podcast episodes of the 21st century. So here you go. Enjoy. Joining me this week on Early Work is the wonderful Sarah Pascoe. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Reese. How are you? Um, I feel very shy. This is my worst nightmare. Oh, good. Lovely stuff. I went up in the loft to find some old books of um, writing and it was really hard. And then I, I found an old hard drive and I should have read through, <laughs> but I couldn't because I felt so physically sick just seeing the titles of my poems. Oh, great. Um, For those of you who don't know Sarah, Sarah's probably best known for um, in 2015 when we did a gig in a fish restaurant um, together called Monkey Business and the door 
to the um, street was next to the stage area. Everyone went on stage in their coat so that they could immediately <laughs> leave because of how bad it was. Oh, what a great memory. I don't remember you being there. Yeah. But I, I remember, do you know what? I remember the audacity I had at that gig. I must have been at some point where I thought I was... Um, really good at comedy because I remember think watching other people struggle thinking I'm gonna smash this <laughs> and really not <laughs> really it's always not. the way yeah. it's always the way isn't it where you think yeah all right but they don't have my material did you ever gig with for him again after that absolutely not yeah also what the reason that you might not remember me being there is because what happened at that gig is I mean, it's one of my favourite moments ever, despite the gig being awful, mm. is I got there and Martin, the guy who ran the gig, said, is it Reese Jones or Reese James? Um, and I said, it's Reese James. And he said, oh, but it's Reese Jones on Facebook, isn't it? And I said, yeah, well, my name is Reese Jones, but I go by Reese James um, for comedy. And he said, okay, I need to get that in my head. Okay, Reese James, not oh, Reese no. Jones. James, not Jones. James, not Jones. Oh, James, no. not Jones. And then when he went on stage, he went, please welcome to the stage your next act, Ryan Beecham. <laughs> That's, do you know what? And that's one of the good Martin Besserman stories. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the only times where I've ever like not been able to start a set because I was crying with laughter. I walked yeah. onto the stage in tears. <laughs> going, I'm yeah. sorry, but I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. What a wonderful memory to kick off with. Um, right, Sarah, if I had to guess what you were like at school, and I right. do, uh, mm. I put what well, I've written, I pre-wrote this. I said, it's really hard to tell if you were a book girl or if you smoked. So I reckon you might be the first person in history to be both. I can imagine you saying extremely conflicting phrases like, Oi, fuck off, sir. I'm trying to read. <laughs> uh, I think <laughs> you're definitely an outlier. Uh, I reckon you went your own way with stuff, which really puts a ceiling on how popular you can be. Um, like you probably did stuff that other people wouldn't risk in case they got called weird. But you mm. just couldn't see it as weird. Like when Napoleon Dynamite does that dance or when the boy sings in About a Boy and the characters can't comprehend that it's a bad idea. But I think you got away with it and you weren't ridiculed because the stuff you did wasn't embarrassing. It was just genuinely strange. And maybe you do like a <laughs> skit or something in assembly and everyone would just be like, OK. And then they would just move on and not think about it anymore. Um, I think you've got ran for head girl written all over you. Uh, and I also I know you wanted to act when you were younger. Uh, so I reckon you told people you'd be famous or if there was a vote for most likely to be famous and you didn't win, you would very calmly, but in lots of detail, explain to people why they were wrong. Is any of that correct? It's so much of it is correct, apart from I was ridiculed. So um, oh. it's, what, what you've done is you've taken me and you know me as like now and like nearly 40, quite successful. Yeah. And you've actually, you've filmified my backstory to make it like yeah. she was always going to be this way. So I was weird. I did do assemblies. I, sorry, that's my dog crying. Hello, does eat your bone? Um, I, and, I, and I did sign birthday cards. My leavers shirt, you know, like leavers at school. I signed it Sarah Pascoe, the famous one. So that when oh they looked, when they looked back, they were like, called it. She knew. Um, You're the only person ever to do that and then actually become famous. I know. You but, but, are the yeah. luckiest. It's, it makes me... F Sorry, my dog's bugging. Hey, shh, shh. Shush. <laughs> shush. Um, it makes me feel mentally ill because... If you wish something and then it happens, you feel like you're God. You're like, I can just wish for anything. <laughs> yeah. like, every time I'm on a TV program that I used to watch, I literally sit there as the, the music starts. And I'm like, oh, I'm mentally ill. I'm in a hospital somewhere watching TV thinking I'm inside it. 
yeah fuck of course yeah yeah and then like so years ago when you dreamt of being on reese james's early work podcast yeah now you must be watching this on zoom thinking <laughs> oh no it's this somewhere this isn't happening <laughs> i'm just listening is, to the podcast before you were even born i had the idea for your podcast and then i had to wait <laughs> yeah. for you to be born i was like the wise men waiting for baby jesus to come along <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, I appreciate you calling me the baby Jesus. You're not, you're not the first person. I did it in my own yearbook, just like you. Did you I really? Signed it, I signed it, Reese James, the baby Jesus. The baby Jesus. On everyone's leavers hoodie, yeah. <laughs> um, was any of the other stuff... So you did assemblies. What what sort of stuff yes, did you do in assemblies? I, so the thing is, and, it, and I, I liked how you described it like someone like Napoleon Dynamite, because I definitely, definitely wasn't in any way... Uh, cool or socially acceptable but I did think I had a duty to my peers to both entertain and educate and I look I look back and I think that fearlessness then that didn't care that people didn't like me has prepared me for my job um, or my personality meant that comedy was the best job for me to do because I really don't care if people like me as long as they're looking at me. <laughs> like that feels like the sensible way. Like here guys, over here, let me tell you why you shouldn't shoplift in the body shop. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I used to, and I, and I did want to be an actor. And so because there wasn't enough like drama at my school, I used to write stuff or abridge existing plays. Like a very memorable one is that I did a, a two woman version of Oliver with my sister Cheryl where we played all the parts and also we put in some songs from other musicals because um, <laughs> we thought that the song I Feel Pretty, which said I Feel Pretty and Gay, was the funniest song that had ever been written. So we put that in for Fagan to sing and we thought that was the funniest thing ever. Um, not head girl, not in any... I was very... I wasn't... I didn't smoke at school. I smoked from 18. And so and I did read, but I read Enid Blyton in the toilets because I didn't have any friends. So I wasn't like reading clever books. I was reading baby books like Moonface oh and the Magic Faraway Tree. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I definitely have made this. I've made it a bit more Hollywood yeah. because I've made it. I've I basically described it, but made it nice. So none of the darkness is in it. I've sort of made it an A24 film. It's like this really sweet coming of age. It's like I can imagine it. I imagine it being sunny. Obviously, it wasn't. Have you seen Bo Burnham's Bo Burnham's film? Um, yes, yeah, eighth grade, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think does the. I think what that film does so brilliantly is it actually is painful to watch because he hasn't made it amazing. Like, yeah, it's it, not it's nice. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. so uncomfortable. How how clear her wants and needs are. So your assemblies were like PSAs. Yeah, you, were you set telling people don't do this, be nice. Um, it was much more that I, th I felt the teachers weren't... I lost faith in teachers, uh, like, at the end of primary school. And, um, and then and no one... No one and this is where I'd say all of my schools, which were just normal schools, they never, ever tried to quash me. The teachers were just like, OK, if you want to do that, do it. So I didn't think we were talking enough about war. Um, I felt that uh, <laughs> history wasn't dealing with it enough and that what they needed was me to perform war poetry in assembly so that we'd never made the mistakes that our forebears did stuff like that oh my i originally wrote that i thought you were doing potentially skits in assemblies mm. or um like proper like meaningful readings of like important things yeah i nearly guessed the lord's prayer but i thought that was ah. maybe too <laughs> too far war poetry war poetry yeah that kind of thing um, my third Edinburgh show I, I did in the style of my old school assemblies about my school assemblies. 
in a school uniform. I really, yeah. um, <laughs> I really revisited it there. What, um, what was the response like when you would read war poems in assembly? I mean, people presumably clap at the end because it's a poem. Yeah, I think they, I think, I, I would never say I had a good gig. Um, which again is really good practice but children would probably rather be in assembly than in a lesson so an extra 10 minutes listening to me was just like blah it wasn't like oh great Sarah tried her best they didn't care and they didn't enjoy it I would say but no one ever did any did no one ever mention it so no one ever then went afterwards was like oh what you did in assembly with that Wilfred Owen poem you know it was really brilliant people just didn't say anything oh absolutely not no what no. about teachers? Were te- do you like well, teachers? Si- must have been impressed. Well, my, my sister Cheryl is now a teacher. She's an English teacher, and she says that looking back on us, when she sees pupils that like have any kind of originality or individuality, she loves it so much. And she says the teachers actually would have been very entertained by the audacity of us going right, Miss. I've got an idea. <laughs> Book me mm. a slot. Fifteen minutes yeah, on yeah, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> And also, can we dance? Because that's the other thing is that because we like performing, we might do something like I set up a bully line at school for to help children that were being bullied. It was something I really believed in. We did not help a single pupil because no one came to us. But I did. All of the people who, who are trained for bully line, we'd sing Lean on Me in assembly once a term. And I would like teach them oh the harmonies. <laughs> I know. I mean, surely, surely that is just creating more bullying. I mean, were you doing Everyone. some sort of heist where you're creating yeah. more work for yourself? Yes. You're getting more calls on your, on your premium line. Are you still in touch with any of those teachers that uh, would have been impressed? Well, what happens is, and you, you might know this as well, but once you're on TV, people crawl out of the woodwork yeah. to go, I always knew it. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I actually had some really lovely teachers. There was one teacher who was my form tutor. And by the time I got to my GCSEs, my, GC, my GCSE maths exam was on my 16th birthday so I decided um, to get drunk the day before and I didn't actually go in for my GCSE and she drove to my house and got me out of bed and took me to the exam so I got I did half of it and so people like her she got back in touch to say like well done and I've always like worried about you and I'm glad it was okay and so stuff Mm. like that was really nice where you go actually they must look and go oh what a six oh the fact that you seem successful it's like oh okay I see that's what you were gonna end up and do and again these are teachers I told I don't need to do this mate because I'm gonna win an Oscar by the time I'm 22 (laughs) (laughs) did you say that did you actually say that phrase yes I did I I had there was a there was one of the last days at school we'd all rehearsed for a concert and then I got offered a non-speaking role for one night at the Riverside Studios and um, and I pulled out and the teacher said to me that um, commitment's really important. And I was like, excuse me, show business is about big breaks, not about yeah. rehearsals. Okay, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I mean, what is, tw- I feel like when you're a teenager saying you're going to do something by 22, it's such mm. a specific age. Is that because you were trying to be like someone? I, well, I definitely thought I was going to be like a, I thought I was going to be, number one 22 sounded so old by then yeah and also i was trying to think of the i wouldn't have known this word then but you know like i, I wonderkind like i wanted to be a pro- child prodigy i wanted to be a teen pop sensation who got an oscar <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So you yeah. wanted like to have both an Oscar and an MTV award for best Absolutely. kiss. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I thought I was being realistic, but I think I must have heard someone else at drama club say I won an Oscar by twenty two, and I thought, okay, if you do, so do I. I, I think yeah. I heard someone saying it and thought that's a cool thing to say to people. At what point did it dawn on you that that probably wasn't going to happen? Has it dawned on do you? you? Not, do you not think it's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> do you not think it's going to happen? Uh, not by 22. I think the Oscar yeah. might, but not by 22. Um, probably what happened is about 21 and a half. I thought, ah, oh, competitions are about mediocrity, which is something my dad says. Uh, competitions reward mediocrity. The more people you please, uh, da, da, da. Be in, right. you don't want to be in the middle. So I probably by then was like, oh, the Oscars roll in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Oscars are corrupt anyway. Yeah. It's all just cor- it's fake. Yeah, it's there, people are buying those awards. Um, Reese, have you ever been a judge on something? Yeah, like I've uh, judged a heat of a stand-up competition, yeah. Yeah, so now that I've been a judge, I judged um, a literary prize a couple of years ago. And now that I've been in the room and I've seen the conversation that happens, I never care ever again about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Once you've actually seen people arguing and what they argue about and how literally weighing up the merit of things. uh, And it's um, with this literary prize. So all of us had to read 200 books and then you, you came together and you had to pitch basically for the long list and literally there's a woman at the front of the table holding books in the air and if it was one of the ones you'd read you had to go yes or no there was no discussion and it literally got thrown into the corner it's like it's years of people's oh lives my God. And, and some of these books are like by people like Zadie Smith or Lionel Shriver these are people who have already won all the awards they're like immense and you're literally watching someone going uh no <laughs> and like just thrown and and you go that's what they do that's what they do in those rooms yeah so what you're saying is that when early work doesn't get nominated for the British Podcast Awards, yeah. then it's because it's because you said no when someone held it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not me, not me. I'd have gone give it an award. He guessed almost exactly what my school life was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah give him an award, but maybe a psychology award instead. Well, actually, that was uh, you talking about skipping your performance because you had a non-speaking mm. role. It reminded me of. Uh, my th- like the second gig I did or the third gig I did or something was a laughing horse quarter final but obviously at the time because you I got through something was the biggest deal of my life mm. but it happened to clash with my best friend's 18th birthday uh, where he was having a big party that was a big mm. deal it was also like the first 18th birthday yeah. so it was it's a huge deal and I didn't go and I went and absolutely died so oh. hard at this <laughs> quarter final because also yeah. I'd, I'd done I'd done three gigs at the time and I'd only ever done well yeah. so I was like sorry I can't come to your party I'm a genius yeah and geniuses <laughs> are busy the first gig I died at was the Hackney Empire uh, first you know audition basically and I didn't know gigs could go that badly yeah. until it was happening and I didn't have any of the tools because it had never happened before. They would, it was just, it was, it's a horrible realization. The first time, the first time I properly died, I lay down on the floor in the gig while in I was on gig. stage. I'd seen Stuart Lee do it two weeks earlier. I was going to ask who did you funny. see do it. I was going to ask who did you see do it. Have you I said, thought the reason yeah. it was funny is because he was. It, it, oh, look at this! It's a man on the floor. And then you yeah. rewatch the routine and go, no, no, no. There's a lot of building up. To, there's about 25 minutes to build up to him being on the floor. It yeah. all makes perfect sense narratively. Whereas I just went, I'll just pop down here for a bit, see if that helps. No, it's made things considerably worse. <laughs> Now they've like called an ambulance. He's having a panic attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I will tell you that getting heckled while you're on the floor, mm. you cannot recover. It, you no. can't. Re- if you're dying and you get heckled anyway, it's hard to recover. But when you're lying on the floor and in a little gap 
where it's silent for a bit, someone mm. shouts, what are you going to do on your gap year? You will not recover in the gig. I don't think that that's that bad. Over. I don't think that's that bad. I think that you were brave to try something else. <laughs> like, this isn't working. Yeah. I'll try lying down. <laughs> you, you did. You were learning from a master of the craft, Stuart Lee. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my Hack Me Empire was just silence. And then I thought, okay, this is bad. And then... Uh, I was followed. The next act was a dog with a balloon and he just killed. He just killed everyone. <laughs> like everyone was so excited to see him. And I, it was the first night I met a comedian called Caroline Maybe. And it's a funny story that we have in our friendship because I went up to her after being absolutely so dog shit on stage and said, hi, my name's Sarah. I think we're really similar. <laughs> like we do a lot oh, of the similar no. gigs. And she was so rude to me. And then she was like, but I was literally like, who is this girl and how dare she? <laughs> Yeah. How dare she come up and go, and by the way, you've been doing stand up for six years, I'm the same. Oh my god. And she's watching the stage thinking, No, I'm I've got more in common with that dog and that balloon. Yeah, yeah. I'm the dog and the balloon, love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, were there any specific subjects at school that you thrived in particularly? Like uh, I would imagine English and drama being the two. Yeah. I loved English and drama. English was really easy and drama I did like, but I was very bossy. And um, I also got into fights, Reese. This is something we haven't um, touched upon yet, but I, I, I liked to fight at school. Um, it's I a think classic, that's of... classic drama kids, isn't it? They yeah. love fighting. Yeah. Well, that's it. So a lot of my memories of drama, like there was a boy called Tony. I won't say his full name, but he used the word prostitute, which I found an offensive term. And um, especially in the way that he was using it about uh, women, so I peanutted him. You know what that is when you strangle yeah. someone with their tie and everyone's like trying to get us off each other. So that, that was the kind of thing I did in drama. Like it got, it got quite impassioned. And, um, and again, I think I really thought that drama should be educational. So GCSE drama, we did our piece about how you shouldn't join a cult or do drugs. Which yeah, I think is what all GCSE dramas <laughs> are about. I didn't, I've actually, I've never heard the cult thing. But oh, um, yeah. the drugs, the drugs thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, big time. This was a cult. We found out, they must, someone must have told us that if you put Vicks Vapor Rub in your eyes, you cry. So absolutely every single person in our class had Vicks Vapor Rub in their eyes and was just like weeping, going, if I hadn't joined this cult and done all these drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. I yeah. mean, yeah, we were, I remember we ordered a bunch of tear sticks when we were doing oh. our GCSE drama performance yeah. and they didn't really work. And also like there was, there was one boy in the drama group who'd be like, you can always tell on TV when someone's used tear sticks because the tears come from the centre of the eye, not from the tear ducts. Oh my God. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. absolute nonsense. Um, in my GCSE drama performance, the actual exam performance mm -hmm. uh, in scene one, I obviously had to be pretending to do some cocaine. Oh. Um and in that scene where I was literally just pretending to do cocaine, I got a yeah. nosebleed and I had to do the rest of the performance with a nosebleed. That's amazing which, acting. Yeah. And I had to, what was really weird about it is that it was it, all the other exams. Like if you wrote your own piece, you could improvise and like, yeah. you could just pretend that's what you wrote. Mm. So I could have just written it in. This is the one where we had to, we had to do a, we were doing a play oh, with a script, script and you lost marks if you got a word wrong. And so I was just like, I mean, I can't possibly go. God, yeah, and this fucking nosebleed's a nightmare as well. Yeah. I can't shift <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. So I had to just, I just went off stage. I just ripped up the scripts we had at the side of the stage, just stuffed them up my nose. 
And then I just carried on as normal. But everyone else in the group who wasn't in the first scene would then look at me when I came on stage next to him, just being like, what the fuck is he doing? Not knowing I had a nosebleed. And then there was a bit where I was getting divorced, obviously, because of my yeah. coke addiction. Yeah. Um, and I, I had to spin round to the girl I was shouting at and go yeah. like, uh, you don't understand. As I spun round, the paper flew out of my nose to the, into the audience. Oh, and uh, I had wow. my blood on it. <laughs> Did anyone yeah. film it, Reese? Do you feel like someone might have had a video camera? I hope not. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that would have emerged by now. What are they waiting for? Is this going to be like when Joel Domit went in the jungle and that video finally yes. came out? <laughs> yeah, do you have it? Cause, cause, or if, if you even had the script, because now I'm thinking maybe I'll do a podcast where everyone just does their GCSE drama scripts now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone just does so the exact good. GCSE drama show they had to do. I would be obsessed uh, with it because... Um, people did... In the first scene when I was doing the coke and the nosebleed started, people thought... People were blown away thinking it was the best prop of away. all time. Yeah. I, I they feel thought, like how's inside, he done that? I feel like inside you're a really amazing actor. Like you're the even the very sensitive membranes in your nose were like... How would I behave if I was having cocaine yeah. shoved next to me? I know what I'd do. I'd start bleeding. Yeah. Time to but, switch I mean, on, think, baby. It's showtime. Yeah. I think that's it. You're more method than you're even conscious of. Yeah, I wasn't prepared to be that method. And then I found out. So I just carried on. And then like, obviously it massively affected the performance. And then afterwards I found out that they were like, oh, no, I mean, if, if, you, if something like that happens, you can just stop and we can just wait. And I was like, well, fucking hell, tell yeah. me that. But yeah. I think what happens is I got special consideration. So they gave me an extra 20%. Of, of so what, my did grade. You get? Just, what was your grade oh it was an a come on oh, come on you can't so, uh, see this is bullshit no this is bullshit because my school no one ever got a's at gcse drama and the theory was that the drama teacher was jealous of our talent <laughs> 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 so they were like they were like oh, all teachers are failed actors that's why they're so jealous of how good we are and they mark us down <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I love the idea that all teachers, not just all drama teachers, all no, teachers all are teachers, fam- failed actors. Failed actors, yeah. They used to have hope actually and used to have hope and ambition like me, miss, but now now you're just now you're just teaching me and it burns and you can't bear it. Maybe it's time to move on to the work. What sort of work uh do you have yeah. for us? Well, I mean, so are I, you still apprehensive? Yes. Well, I feel like you've got a bit more background now. So I know you'll be very uh, so. Basically, for a long time, um, I use I, I didn't ever want to be a writer, but I did write. So these poems that I have <laughs> from my late teens, early twenties, um, were not poems that I ever thought, oh, I would like to write a book of poetry. Sometimes I started writing poems because actually it was connected to being like a teen pop sensation. What I really saw was me being a musician, but I, I don't. I can't play an instrument. So they were kind of lyrics, but without the musical talent. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of thing. And, um, oh God, it just makes me feel sick. And um, so, and I was thinking today, why do I feel so sick about it? And I realised the minute I found comedy, what you can make fun of yourself. So whenever you do try to express something, you're expressing it with this framework of, well, I'm a knob and an idiot. And what do I know? And then it's kind of acceptable that you go, but here's what I feel or here's what I think. Mm. But, Whereas this stuff is very earnest. Before I'd learned to do that, it's the, po- it's the earnestness. It kills me. It kills it's me. It's a comedy podcast. I mean, we're, yeah. this, is, why, this is why this podcast exists, is me exercising demons of this period mm. where I just wrote 
heartbreak poetry for yeah. ages and ages and then I s- yeah. they're still on my laptop so I yeah. ha- if I read them I have to go right you've got to find a way to at okay. least a bit monetize it okay you've got to find right. a way to process it so don't okay. worry when you come on and you're embarrassed that's perfect because now you get okay. to go either oh this is actually better than I thought or god what a prick I was it's not that it's better than I thought it's the earnestness it wouldn't matter how good they were it's that I hadn't learned that poetry is about dissembling things it's about metaphor (laughs) it's about creating something that's so um, universal that it's about all human beings whereas my poetry is very much only about me Um, right oh god it's so bad I'm just looking I'm going to read you some of the the titles Oh, uh, can I? Can, why don't you read me some titles and can I select the first one? Okay, yeah, you can. So, after the phone is one. Bruised fruit is one I really don't want you to choose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, canal poem. Um, this one was actually published uh, on MySpace. Um, I, I put some of my poems on my MySpace page, and um, this uh, publisher said if I paid twenty pounds, they could go in a book of. A poems with some other people's poems and then all you had to do is sell that book of poems to your friends and you would make money so <laughs> so did you know i'm actually a published poet um days in between that sounds awful don't remember it end game sounds awful don't remember it genius japan oh. Lon- london one lonely dog my ex spelled exe which is incorrect my new diary my newest diary Wow. Someone I used to sleep with and thank you to Sunny Benches. Now, that all makes me feel ill and that's just titles. Uh, okay, so you don't want me to pick Bruce Fruit, so I will honour you and not pick that. I won't pick it yet. We'll get to it. Let's build up to it. Um, I will go for, for the first one, Yeah. Uh, Endgame. Okay. I don't, okay, <laughs> God. Okay, God. I'm just going to read it. Otherwise, I'll, otherwise I'll pretend my. <sighs> okay, end game underlined. I only gave you the first half of that note, the good half, the bit where I explain that every time I feel alive and every time something brilliant happens and I am filled with stars and sunshine, I race to share it with you. I destroyed the other bit, the bad half, describing the brick wall that greets me when I arrive gleefully. How you managed to slam me right into the earth when you look away and laugh derisively. (laughs) Oh God, I am so happy and that is what is wrong. So filled with hope when I'm on my own. There is a fictional boyfriend that travels the town on the tube with me and I feel so sad when being fucked by the reality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I used the word fuck in a poem. (laughs) I mean, that is fantastic. To be fair, actually, the start of the poem, I was like, this isn't embarrassing. This is fine. It's all like, I like the note thing. Good half of the note didn't do the half. Mm, I mean, mm. the brick wall. I mean, it wasn't about what I thought it was about, it turns out. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it starts off all like, oh, it feels like when I'm, when I think about you, I get stars and sunshine and I f- mm. feel amazing and I want to share it with you. And then in reality, I meet you and you're just a brick wall and you're sort of ambivalent and not interested. And then it turns out this person doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a fictional boyfriend that's on the tube. Or is that just because you want a better boyfriend? Oh, no. So it's saying that I've made up the really good boyfriend in my head. So the reality is the not reality great. Is The reality yeah. is the brick wall that yeah. keeps fucking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so, the, so the things that annoy me about myself, do you know, like, 
it's, a, it's, an, it's an early writer thing, but when you just rely on cliches. So things like being slammed right into the earth. Now, that's what makes me now my skin crawls. Because it's like, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. how it feels and that's not what you mean. That's a phrase you have taken from other writers and applied oh, to yeah. your own situation. Yeah. And I, as a phrase, fucked by reality is an extremely teenage poetry type yeah. of phrase. Yeah. Being fucked by reality. Yeah. Oh, great. Fucked by yeah. a concept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how old were you when you wrote that? Do you know? I think this was about um, 17 or 18 because I remember the boyfriend. <laughs> I remember the boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, oh and, and yeah. end game. We're not so together mean... anymore. We're not together anymore, actually. Oh, so you can talk yeah. about it. You can... Yeah. <laughs> I remember the boyfriend because he's in the next room. Yeah, uh... because now he's my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good luck. It sounds healthy. Um, yeah. So I presume it's called end game because this was like just before you ended it. I think it must be. But I again, I think that's a, t- a term I've used without knowing what it meant properly because I feel like I only know that now, like post-university because of Samuel Beckett and learning what chess is. Like I didn't know that that... I don't... I did... I think I thought that meant ending. It was a posh yeah. way of saying ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, 100%. That's yeah. what you mean. And that's why I wonder if your poem, My Ex, spelled E-X-E, is like... Mm. Maybe exe is something. That's a file type on a computer, so maybe it's reference oh, to. It? Uh, maybe it is a virus. Maybe it's about. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, what it is is because oh, it's supposed to be my exes. So it's the actual title is my exes. E x e s. So it's, I've just saved uh, it wrong. So it is actually. Oh, I know why. Because you on Word you can't put an apostrophe in the in the title of a doc of a document. So that's why. Is this is this document a list of your exes or is it a poem? <sighs> No, I did have a list actually for ages. I had a list of everyone I slept with and I kept it in a teapot. I don't know why it was in in a teapot. But I used to to love... I was telling Sarah Barron this the other day because she did stand-up about... um, There was a point where what I liked doing after I'd had sex with a new person is like writing the number that they were on their back with my finger, but they didn't know. Like tracing it on there like 11. (laughs) And you're telling me... And they just I they, was the I was... one making your life seem like a film. <laughs> but I thought I was, be- they, they just think, thought I was being like, you know, affectionate. And I wasn't, I was marking them like, there you go. That's yeah. you. Now you You're know I with 11 people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 11's just the easiest number to write on someone's back without them realising. Yeah. Also, I think it's Giggs's number. So it's pretty cool. There was you go. Giggs number 11? There you go. Um, but yeah, we, maybe that's what people will think. It, yeah, every time you do it, she think, loves Man does she United. Think I'm, does she think I'm Ryan Giggs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number seven, Lee Sharp. Sorry, yeah. I, 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 I'm aging myself as well. That's they're the years I was sexually active. It's when Man United was doing the treble, and it was famously with um, the Man United team, wasn't it? Oh, I wish in my, abs- in my absolute dreams. I've got a 22 <laughs> yeah. year old, 22 year old with an Oscar who's bedded the entire Manchester United team <laughs> of the late 90s. <laughs> Did him an order so you could write the correct number. The Red Devil is what I call my vagina. Um, okay, I'm going to pick another mm. poem now. Okay. And I'm going to go for uh, Genius. Surely this is going to be some arrogant poetry. I would hope so. I don't remember it, so I'm scared. This one rhymes. I am a genius. Why? <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> Probably not, as I hide it so well. 
I am a beauty, but don't like to brag. So disguise my figure in inches of flab. I am so happy, but don't want to show, because then you will see it, and then you will know. Wow. Okay. Okay. There's <laughs> yeah. actually some. Uh, there's some. There's some interesting stuff to unpack there. But it's interesting. This is both a good. Poems, this is a... both of my sad poems talk about how happy I am. Like actually. That they have all this happiness, apparently. But it's not real in that one, surely. Mm. Isn't I, what I took from this poem is that all of this is... You're not these things, right? Maybe the genius thing, you believe. I don't know. <laughs> but you've gone... Yeah. When you say, because I am a beauty, but I hide it in yeah, flab. Exactly, Isn't yeah. it basically saying... I'm really fat. Oh, no, it's kind of saying <laughs> I am all of this beneath it. I think maybe because yes. you say I am so happy, but I don't show yeah. it. Yeah. I'm a genius, but you don't know. And no. I'm beautiful, but I don't look yeah. it. <laughs> it's yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, so sarcastic. beneath all of these things, yeah. it's going, you think that I'm an ugly idiot who's yeah. sad. It's well, really guess sad. what? I'm the opposite. Guess what? Guess what? Joke's on you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh, oh God. God. Yeah, oh, great. God. That's good. Yeah. Short poem. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I never wrote really very long ones. What I found today, I was going through my pads that all look like this from that period because um, they, they're all gifts from my dad and um, I wrote a lot of parody songs which I just have oh, completely wow. forgotten about I found this one from when Jade Goody was in the uh, Big Brother house and I wrote a version of Ice Ice Baby about how she's not a nice nice lady <laughs> it's like that <laughs> it's like what is it for <laughs> what was I doing I mean, fuck it out. And you weren't, you didn't even have an assembly to sing this in at the time. No, no, but I do look, and this is what I would say if there's anyone listening who wants to do comedy or stand up and like all of these things that are so embarrassing do prepare you for our job because now that's my actual job. Like, I, I do the same thing. I would watch someone on TV and then write a thing and then go and say it, and it's completely legitimate now. Yeah, you would have to, I mean, if at the time you were on Mock the Week, you would have to talk about Jade Goody. Yeah. And you could yeah. you could easily, you know, I mean, you couldn't get clear the rights to do your song parody, no, but all the jokes in it. I could pretend, it. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to hear how you got the phrase Shilpa Popadom to scan in that song. Oh, do you want to find out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, surely um, it's not actually in there. It is. Oh, dear. Let me try and find it. Okay. Oh look, I've changed uh, all the words the words to the song respect to be about STDs. Just why have I done that? Do you have an STD? If you do, don't sleep with me. <laughs> it's to the tune of the song <laughs> Respect. <laughs> why was I writing these parody songs? I can't believe you didn't put, you've never performed these. I mean even in an early show or something, I can't believe it never you never went, Oh, I've got to use all that. Well no, but my very first set was about high school the musical and I did write songs as in so it was about basically it was me pitching secondary school the musical with the songs that would be in it so I think my early gigs I did do this kind of stuff I think it was the beginning the image of you going on stage and singing do you have an STD if you do don't sleep with me and then <laughs> being upstage by a dog with a balloon I know it's so unfair it's so unfair um, <laughs> Oh, I can't find this stupid Jade Goodman anymore. That's all right. Anymore. I'm sorry. No, I'll, no, text no, it. That... I'll text it to you a line at a time <laughs> when yeah, you've completely yeah. forgotten that we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, and it, it'll take me like, it takes me a line a week and it'll take me 10 weeks to realise what the fuck this is until you get yeah. to the chorus. And I yeah. just think, Sarah's <laughs> yeah. having a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, right. I'll pick another poem, and I okay. would like. Um, I think I would like someone I used to sleep with. Okay. Very. It's got giving me giving me got yay vibes. This. Oh wow. Okay. I probably thought here that was a bit Sylvia Plathy. Um, There is something about the memory of size and proximity of pores and wideness of eyes. There was something about my days in your bed, but days is spelt D-A-Z-E. Like days. Boy, 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 indeed. Um, there's, there's something about my days in your bed that stays on my skin and won't leave my head. There is something about the softness of skin and insistent lips that won't stop living. There is something about those lies that I tell, still feeling your heat, recalling your smell. There is something missing, those days in your bed. My hope, my adventure, my senses are dead. Wow. Wow, yeah. Yes, wow. Okay. We've accidentally found out that we're, I actually am a genius. <laughs> yeah, they, that's, it's really good. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. my senses are dead. My senses are dead. dead. It's wow. all dead now. The first line, when it says mm. memory of size, mm. is it size S-I-G-H-S or S-I-Z-E? Oh, that's very funny. S-I-G-H-S, yeah. <laughs> right, that's I mean, I just, like, because yeah. I heard it, it's literally someone I used to sleep with is a name and it's the yeah. memory of size. And I was like, yeah. here we fucking go, all yeah, right. Or, or the other third option is size, S-I-S, as in short for Simon. Um, <laughs> yeah, the memory yes. of si- various <laughs> there's, men there's called two, Simon. There's two male comedians <laughs> who called Sai, they used to have, they used to live together and have a thing called like Sai and Sai. <laughs> And yeah, it could just yeah. be about both of them. <laughs> just about, yeah. just about you sleeping with them, remembering what size they are and how much that you would sigh when yeah. they left. That's it. That's it. All three meanings. Actually, there's three levels to this, and that's them. And that's why he's so smart, and that's why your senses are dead. Yeah. Because of all the size, it's too difficult too to many. keep up. Too many. Uh, that's great. I mean that. I mean that. I think that that stands up. That stands the test Do of time. You? That poem. Mm. I don't feel like you should feel any kind of hot shame about that one. I do feel hot shame because uh, it's it's just that thing that with that before you learn how to dissemble to make stuff that is kind of acceptable to say to other people. I think I wrote these things thinking I would have a biographer or like someone would be rooting back through and then they would find these things and then they would piece me together like after I was dead. They were like, but what was she like? Oh, here we go. Oh my God, she was so loving. (laughs) Oh my God, she was so heartbroken. So, and it's that, it's me knowing that that makes it unbearable. Um, Yeah, I mean, did you ever sort of half start writing um, an autobiography when you were younger? Worse, worse. Um, I kept a diary from 14 up until 28 for my biographer. So I wrote it for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I had I I had a month where I, not even a month. I had I did three days worth of me um, writing. Mm. I was writing an autobiography like it was twenty years in the future. Oh, okay. Going, great. At this point, I was uh, I had just done this and I was this, and that was mm. genuinely I, I had start I had begun um, being a comedian at that point. Yeah. 
I'd only done like 10 gigs, but I was like, yeah, I better, I probably better start. Oh, I got some yeah. interest from an agent today. Yeah. Um, but it was more like, it was this day when I was first spotted by, yeah. and I knew in that moment I would go on to have a, well, a semi-successful podcast. Well, I, so I do, do have a similar thing to that. So my, when, before I went to university, when I was 18, 19, 20, I was auditioning as an trying to be an actor. And I kept, I wrote up every single one of my rejections in a folder so that when I was famous, someone could go, and oh my God, look how much rejection there was beforehand. Oh my every, God. Every single, I had, and I used to sometimes make collages of them as well. I was trying to make art out of the, all of the no's because I was so sure the ending was 22 years old, waving yeah. my Oscar <laughs> around, Oscar. going, and you didn't want me for TAE in Maidstone, you idiot. <laughs> Thing is, though, we because we're comedians, we talk about that and go, "God, isn't that embarrassing to have done that?" Mm. Right? If you were in sport, yeah. and you would be considered a, an absolute legend because there's a footballer who is a centre back for Wales and now Tottenham, yeah. who got rejected from like the under 18s of Wales or something, and he pinned the thing to inside of his bedroom door, the rejection letter saying you weren't yeah. picked, until he became their number one. Yeah. like their best set defender and everyone talks about it like isn't that great for motivation and it's like oh, yeah. when we I hear that and go that's the most embarrassing thing I've ever heard mm. and then you say I've got this big art of rejection and we all yeah. go oh god isn't that awful it's just we're in the wrong business to be doing yeah. that but I do think there's something about it like there's something about um, not being very talented but working really hard and I'm not saying that's true of that footballer but actually he's really respectable, but at the same time is such a self-own. Like, um, I don't yeah, know, if, yeah. <laughs> do you ever get people who say to you um, um, that you've made them do comedy? And the answer is always, well, I saw you could do it. And I thought if she yeah. can, anyone can. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and yeah, part yeah. of it's good because you think I sh- it should be achievable. You should be able to see like the graph that goes on or behind the curtain. It's like, you're not born magic. You just put the work in and you keep trying. But there's this other part of them going like, yeah. And then I thought, if she can do it, I definitely can. It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Fucking good. Hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's getting laughs for that. Oh, I'm yeah. funnier than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, she bought a flat out of comedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then it's an open goal, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I couldn't let you mm. not read Bruised Fruit. I think we have to okay. hear Bruised Fruit. Well, then you're going to read your poem, right? After I've read Bruised Fruit. Oh, yeah, Fruit. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do remember this poem... There's a lot of, well, (laughs) this is from a bit where I've obviously really hated myself. Bruised fruit. Sodden, sullen. There's loads of commas in this. Looking at my face, looking back at me. Strange joy to behold my mushy lips and blown up eyes. Feeling proud of fat globby tears of hot streaming snot. Puffy, wet and fragile. At least I look how I feel. I am bruised fruit. Soft and weepy sad. Feeling sorry as my heart tears and hoping that I rot. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was not prepared for that last line. There's always those last lines. They're always a little bit like, whoa, okay. It's like I'm with the poem. I'm like, I get the message. Mm, I'm on mm, board with the poem. mm. And then the last line always fucking hits you. I mean, I guess that's what makes a good poem. Uh, I I like when you describe 
um, fat looking at your own um, fat globby tears. That tells yeah. me that you had just um, used some Vicks vapor rub on your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That was straight that's after my was. GCSE drama, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, you immediately went to the toilets and wrote this well, actually, sodden, sullen, looking at my face poem. What I used to do a lot, and I don't know if you did this, and it links into all of the, the self-examination writing. I used, to, I used to love watching myself cry. And there comes a point where if you're crying, after a bit, you just stop crying because you're just looking at yourself. But I used to, and this is where this poem would be, I used to love really, I'd be like, <laughs> and then think, I wonder what this looks like when I'm really crying. <laughs> so I run into the mirror. You know what? Oh, it looks like that. <laughs> I've never heard that articulated before, and I do agree with it. I mean, oh God, I, I, but I do think that if I said this to... Um, a person who isn't a comedian they'd be yeah. like I don't if you say it to a person who's got a job as an accountant they'd be like what? Yeah. no when you cry you're just crying because you're sad yeah. but I think I definitely I definitely agree the last time I cried which wasn't very long ago mm. I think I went to the bathroom and then I was just staring at myself crying in the yeah. mirror and then obviously you suddenly just think god I look fantastic or you yeah. just think like a, yeah. oh my god I could maybe I could cry in a film if I can do it now yeah. I don't that I'm not really a, emotional that's how I would have been then I'd have been like oh my god I could be in Hollyoaks. I could be like one yeah. of the like because because I, I think one of the things I knew about acting was that Hollyoaks didn't get any rehearsal, so they had to do these really intense scenes, but they just have to film them really like you get like two goes. So I'd be like, no, I could do this. Like, oh, my husband's yeah. dead. I could just use this. That'd be so good. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Well, I think Bruised Fruit isn't as embarrassing as you thought it was going to be. I think it's yeah, good. It's but before I move on to reading you one of my poems, I do have to mm-hmm. score your work. Oh. Um, and obviously, you've been on judging panels, so you know what this process is like. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to hold up poems and say no and chuck them in the bin. But yeah. uh, there's actually, <laughs> on this show, there's three categories, and they are originality, um, pure teen horniness, and oh. uh, Mickey Mouse Club, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gooseskull, which is how close yeah. is it to your work now? And does it show the potential mm. of who you are now? So the first got originality. Look, <laughs> premise wise, some of these parody songs in general are not the most original. But I did. No. I was shocked to learn that it was about Jade Goody and it was nice, nice <laughs> lady, not a nice, nice lady. That did surprise me. So, I mean, you sort of level out there with the fact it's a parody. There are, it's not that original to write, you know, deep teenage poetry about love or a lack of. Um, but the last lines are always so shocking mm. that, I mean, I can't be shocked if it's unoriginal. And there are some certainly, I mean, fucked by, fucked by reality is not particularly original. <laughs> but all these various sighs that could be size simons <laughs> or sighing i mean it's there's true, the triple true. meaning you don't get that you already had days and days in your bed so mm. I've, i think for originality um hoping that i rot i think i'm gonna go for a three out of five okay. for originality uh pure teen horniness it's got to be pretty high hasn't it I mean, uh, a lot of this I would, stuff. I would, I would say so. If I'd shown my even earlier than this, I don't have it, but there, um, I used to have these periodic um, uh, infatuations with boys at school. This is well before I ever kissed anyone. And um, I would write entire exercise books of love songs to them and it would just have their name on the front. Um, I remember, for instance, um, there's a boy called Stuart who, and um, the first song in that book, I remember because someone photocopied it and gave it to him, which was heartbreaking, but it was called Diamond in the Rough. And it was about how only I could appreciate him. And no one, all his friends just thought he was a normal lad. 
Well, that is exactly the same as when someone says, you inspired me to be a comedian. <laughs> that yeah. is such a slam. <laughs> yeah. No, I see you as beautiful. Trust me, I think you're beautiful. Oh, I think you're really Everyone else thinks you're normal. I think better than that. I think you're fantastic, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, five out of five then for Pure Teen Horniness, now that I know that mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah. And finally, Mickey Mouse Club score. Does it represent who I now know you to be? I mean, you're much, your stuff is far subtler than this. Um, but, you know, there's, you, you, you know, you're showing some um, comedic ability in this with all your double meanings. Mm. You don't really write stuff like that now. No. <laughs> but, I mean, I've not seen you do many puns. But uh, there's loads of <laughs> there's loads of double meanings. Like I like the there's layers in that I'm a I'm a genius, but not showing it. I'm beautiful, mm. but this mm. in that poem. There's loads of different layers. Bruised fruit is a metaphor. Yes, that whole poem is a metaphor. And I don't know. I just think there's some there's merit in some of this writing. There's comedy in the uh, in the parody songs, but it's not really the same. And it is far more earnest. You're much sillier. Yes. You wouldn't. You couldn't do this without undercutting it. And you, you, at the end of these poems, is absolutely not undercutting it at all. I mean, no, it's ramping it's it up times a billion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's <laughs> so overcutting go, it. Some it's more. overcutting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll go to two out of five for Mickey Mouse Club score. So that is um, ten out of fifteen total. That's yeah. a solid score. And now it comes the time where I've got to read you something of mine. Um, from this exercise book this it doesn't have a title uh this is clearly just penned it's not very long but it's clearly some sort of love poem and it goes like this there's always strings attached from my heart and you were plucking on my heartstrings from the moment that we started dancing started asking questions of affection no correction because the questions are still passing when why how how's right now because i need you just grab my hand and leap through all the barriers we've been through before and ask no more and then in brackets at the bottom of the page, mm. it says, happy ever after ends the drama. And then in separate brackets, it says, oh. moth to the flame. Oh, I wrote a poem <laughs> called Moth to the Flame. <laughs> there we and, go. Yeah. Um, I, I, so this hit, well, first of all, I did not expect this. So it says it's proper like spoken word, as in it was written to be said aloud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would read them. Yeah. I would say them, and then I'd read them out loud to no one. But thinking, fucking hell, this is, this sounds amazing. Yeah, well, it does. I mean, it, it trips off the tongue, um, it makes complete sense. I don't think that's that bad. Maybe it's because I've been reading mine all afternoon, but I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't. I can't stand up for when, why, how, how's right now mm. because I need you. I mean that. Oh, I mean, I don't I feel that good could about be, that. I think you could sell that to an advert. I think that could be like an advert for Actamel or yogurt that's the, that stops that's bloating. The problem. That's, but that's the problem with British advertising. Rather than saying yeah. this is good, it's British advertising <laughs> is only poetry-based and is terrible. Yeah. Oh, actually, quite a lot of the banks use poems now, don't they? So you, yeah. like, I think that could be a banking advert. Yeah, because <laughs> I need you. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about it, higher interest rates. Yeah, that, exactly that. <laughs> or a, a new mortgage product. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I need your scores for that. You got to score me back. So number one right. category, first category well, is originality. Well, I don't think it's anything like I don't think it's anything like your stand-up. Oh, I'm going backwards. Originality. Um, mm, originality. It sounds a lot like other poems in the world. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> so on television s- every and, ten minutes. Yeah. So if if. <laughs> If I was like at the back of a room and it was like an open mic and someone was doing that poem, I wouldn't be like, my jaw wouldn't drop. Like, what the fuck? What are they doing with their mouth and language? Like, like, 
someone call the police um i would be like oh this person's doing that so two and a half 2.5 half of five okay and then pure pure teen horniness is next well it seems loving more than horny this this seems like a a person who wants an emotional connection rather than like oh i'll i'll win you over with this so I can have my way and it doesn't seem I, I associate horniness with unrequitedness whereas the 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 aim of this poem seems to be like there's an actual relationship there okay I mean I can tell you from knowing what yeah. my life was like it was 100% unrequited oh was it okay then four out of five four out of five yeah then. there was there was nothing requited for a very long time <laughs> so okay. this was a yeah this is I know I know exactly what this is about <laughs> okay okay well then four out of five for pure teen okay. holiness and then it's Mickey Mouse Club uh, Ryan Gosling Ryan Goose Court I only found out about the Mickey Mouse Club the other day because I was listening to a podcast that's doing book reviews of Jessica Simpson's autobiography. And yeah. um, and so, so they did a four-parter, which I'd really recommend. They did it for quarantine. It was so funny. So do you know this story that she kissed Justin Timberlake like more recently? And then the first thing he did after they finished snogging was text Ryan Gosling because they had a bet at, Mickey, at, at the auditions for Mickey Mouse Club <laughs> about which one would kiss her. So, so Jessica Simpson had the most cruelest thing. So she went for the audition for the Mickey Mouse Club and they were going to take eight kids. And her audition was so bad, they decided to only take seven. Imagine having that kind of rejection oh at that age. God. They said, so she just messed up her singing. And then and, she um, again, pinned the rejection she, letter to her door. And, and that's it. Yeah, she's and a huge she's star. She plays for Wales. Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if she started playing for Tottenham. <laughs> suddenly she's signed for Spurs. Ending. Mourinho loves her. Yeah. That, that, that would be another Schmeichel's the wrong end moment for me to like, What a yeah. mashup. Jessica Simpson's playing for a London team. <laughs> that would be so good. Um, I've got distracted. So, um, similarity to your work. I don't think it's very similar to your work at all. 2.5. Okay, uh, that means I score nine out of fifteen yeah. to mm. your ten out of fifteen. Yeah. It's classic. Don't it's think, an absolute classic. You've been on a judging panel before. <laughs> you know how to yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> do you, you know what? Um, come dine with me, where they know that the person's had a really, really good one, but they know it's between them and them, so they really undermark them. They're like, "Well, yeah. actually, yeah." I think the pudding was a bit too delicious. Yeah. Oh, and and did I think? In a way, I just wanted to concentrate on the food and not yeah. have those amazing guests and party. They had that band come in, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't That's matter because um, there's no winners on this podcast. The message of this whole podcast is we're both losers. I think we've proved that. And now all that leaves is for you to play us out with um, your final piece. So I found this the other day and I said to my husband... Can I show you something? I think it's the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> and he was really disappointed in me as a human. Um, I think the lyrics of this are so good that if any of your listeners wanted me to email them <laughs> so they could actually appreciate <laughs> uh, if an, an English teacher wants to use this with their students, for instance, um, or like anyone. I wrote this in my first year at university, so I was 21. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not young enough, but it is... Um, it's the story of Hamlet to the opening credits of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air long version. It ties together everything from this episode so far. Everything we've yeah. learned about you. It's a parody yeah. song. It's about English literature, which you found easy. 
Yeah. Um, it's a real exhibitionist thing to do. I mean, yeah. yeah. Did you did you I perform think... this to anyone before no, your husband? No, I, I, wrote, I wrote it for myself, as in, well, this will just be a really cool thing if anyone ever asks me about Hamlet. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, I mean, no. are you are you gonna are you gonna yeah. wrap it? You ready? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna wrap it. I'm gonna try and enunciate so you can hear the lyrics as well. I'm gonna try and do it. Okay, ready? Yeah. Just imagine it. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Now this is my story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down when my uncle killed my father. It's so unfair. And then he wed my mum and he became king and I'm his heir. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. In Elsinore Castle, born and raised in the graveyard is where I spend most of my days. Chilling out with Yorick, alas and all cool, when suddenly my dad appears before me as a ghoul. It was quite a surprise, it could be to no good. Black bile equals melancholic mood. I swore one little vengeance, my mum got scared and said, Stop talking to your father's ghost, dear, he's dead. I thought and pontificated day after day. Ophelia came by, but I sent her away. She gave me some letters and told me she loved me. I told her to piss off to a nunnery. <laughs> I whistled for a boat, and when it came near, we all rode it to England, stayed for several years. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern on we were to spy, but I thought, swap the letters and they'll probably die. I came back to Denmark feeling more of a hater. I yelled to my daddy, go home, I've avenged you. Back from the United Kingdom, I was finally there to kill everyone who lived at Elsinore. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine in a pub you've oh gone oh God. what's your favorite shakespeare play <laughs> and i thought i've been waiting for this my entire life <laughs> and i just put my baseball cap on backwards and broke into that that is i mean it is genuinely exceptional it's a good that's a, actually a good revision tool yeah, I mean, it would it? be really helpful if you're there. studying Hamlet. What a great way Did to remember the story. Did you hear when I said black bile equals melancholic mood? Did yeah. you hear when I said that? Yeah. That's deep knowledge. That's analysis. That's, that, is, yeah. that is Cliff Notes stuff. Yeah. Um, in the graveyard is where I spent most of my days is exceptional. Yeah. I, I didn't see that coming for some reason. I, thought, I was no. thinking when you first announced it, I thought, what's mm. she going to do with the, in the playground shooting yeah. b-ball? And then alassing, mm. alassing all cool. I'm so glad you heard that. I'm so glad you heard it. Yeah. Well, of course. It's a, you've just mentioned Yorick. All I associate yes. with Yorick is alas, alas poor Yorick. Yeah. Um, and is then it, alassing yeah. all cool. Um, <laughs> go home. I've avenged you. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. I've avenged you for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. Come on. I've done it. Uh, I mean, Sarah, that is exceptional. I can. Thank you, you. You've got it. You're just you, presumably you feel no shame about that at all, and just pride. I, I I just I, what can I do with it? What can I do with it? I mean, I guess I could do my own GCSE bite size, but then I would have to, maybe that's what I'll do with parody songs. Maybe I'll be like, I'll be the first TED Talk who's just doing parody songs. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, it's so obvious. I should write a sitcom about Hamlet, and this is the, the this theme is just tune. the theme tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's just Hamlet goes to live with his uncle. I mean, that's the whole. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the... Oh my god! Oh my god! Sarah Pascoe's incredible early work. Look out for The Fresh Prince of Denmark coming soon in sitcom form to uh, presumably Comedy Central, given how they clearly listen to this show. Now they're basically making it themselves. Big fan of Sarah's accidental three definitions of size there. We've got sizes in sighing, uh, sizes in Simon, and sizes in physical size. Classic. It's basically the realise, realise, real lies, but for real size. Real size, feel size, real size. And you can pick which size goes where in that. 
Only I know what I was thinking. That's some deep shit, okay? Sarah, um, obviously... It's very successful. She's got a sitcom on iPlayer at the moment, which is excellent. You should check out. She's got a couple of books. They're both brilliant. She's got a podcast, um, billion TV appearances, a stand-up special. I mean, she's just incredibly successful, okay? There's no way that you're here because of me and not her. So you've already seen all of that stuff, so fair enough. But if you haven't seen any little bit, complete the puzzle and go and watch it because she truly is one of the best that we have um, in this country. And may I say, the world. Please do leave a review for this podcast, Early Work, and subscribe, and make sure you tell your bubble about it, and I'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.